my girl. Constance Hall, one of the most talked about bloggers in the country. Oh, look out! Opinionated, raw, thought-provoking, and never shy to have an opinion. Annalise is her best friend. The yin to her yang. The gale to her Oprah. She's the chic one. Just ask her. A show for queens, by queens. No topic is too taboo. A shame-free, judge-free space. Oversharing, commiserating, and celebrating. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls! Good evening, Constance. Good evening, Annalise. Now, looking, you're looking <laughs> chic in all my attire. Yes, I am wearing your Queen the Label branding. You know me in the brand. <laughs> you're so on brand. I know. So, Constance Hall, she's a, a blogger, she's a fashion designer. You would have seen possibly Con's clothes debuting this week. And also, Con, your second book, Still a Queen, is going yes. on pre sale tomorrow. Tomorrow, I can't wait. I'm going to go live on Facebook to celebrate it. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I don't like going live, but, you know, like, you've got to do these It's always things. a risk with you. <laughs> exactly. Like the kids, you never know what they're going to say in the background. You're the worst mum. Mm, I'm, I'm also, I'm struggling tonight because we are joined in the studio by your new pug, Peaches, who you are yes. nuzzling and nursing like a newborn, so I'm just going to... about to lactate. I'm going to deal with that. That's on me. Uh, lots to get through. I'm going to be talking about more about your book later, Con, because I actually read it. Yeah, I know. It's very exciting. I and wouldn't have let you read it if I didn't think you were going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of queens that we love, Con... Yes. Sarah Harris. Best queen ever. She's so chic. She actually made headlines this week for a very vulgar and crass joke, which we, of course, didn't find vulgar and crass, but we're going to find out <laughs> what that was. That's next on The Queen Sesh. This is The Queen Sesh. And it's Queens We Love. We've got Sarah Harris on the line from Studio 10, who's recently made headlines. Now, Sarah, we absolutely adore you and something that made us love you even more this week was your hilarious joke that you said on Dave Hughes's TV program and we've got the audio just in case anyone missed it. Oh God. I was scrolling through Instagram when I was in labour. You were bored during your own labour. <laughs> Even the pain wasn't entertaining well, you. Well between contractions it's but okay in between. You had your baby in two hours. Yes. <laughs> So who's I have a big vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I, I was watching that at the time and I literally laughed out loud. I loved it. I think that's uh, awesome. I completely I tell you agree. What, seeing, seeing Sarah Harris jokes about big vagina in a headline, <laughs> that is something else. And my husband, I actually missed the episode because I'm back at work this week and um, I have, uh, by Wednesday, I was just completely stuffed. Um, but I went to bed really early and uh, I woke up to uh, all these tweets and messages <laughs> and uh, saying, why are you talking about your vagina on TV? I'm like, oh my God. I think it was a joke. It's better in context, Dal. Yeah. <laughs> and why not talk about your vagina on TV? I Love know. It. And did you, did you actually caught much serious flack about it or was everyone, you know, in agreement that it is quite funny and relatable? Oh, funny because... Yeah, well, look, look. The overwhelming response was, um, you know, that it was funny and it was in good humour. But I, I'm, it, it's kind of difficult when you're straddling two different time slots. So, yeah. working <laughs> straddling. How about that? How about that is a word that I picked. Um, <laughs> yeah, work, doing late night comedy stuff where you've got a different audience, and then in the yes. morning. You know, morning TV is a totally different game. Yeah. And I had a couple of the older ladies saying it was very disappointing <laughs> oh. to see you speak like that. 
Oh, I really? <laughs> I called my kids little creeps at one point. Yes, I like take that, that too. as a joke either. Oh. Um, well, like old ladies that watch show. your show. I know. Who uh, okay, yeah. things for me. But I've got to say. Well, they should have been like, in bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it doesn't say heaps about our generation of mums that yes. we're open and we can laugh and say crass, vulgar things and exactly. share that. And that whole ladylike era is so out the window for us, which is just so refreshing. Oh, yeah, that's gone. That's gone. Yeah. <laughs> gone. Long gone. <laughs> so, Sarah, you're back at work this week after having yeah. little Harry in December. Yes. How's your it first is. week been? I am shattered. Only half through the week and I was shattered. I'll stop that again. Um, I'm absolutely shattered at the moment. I wasn't quite expecting how full on it was going to be. Harry's still feeding um, yeah, a course. couple of times a night. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's teething as well. <gasps> um, oh. So there's been a couple of times over the past week where uh, I've been up to feed him at four and, you know, close my eyes for 10 minutes and then up in the shower and off to work. Uh, but you know, I sort of think at the same time, well, maybe I do have another one in me. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is horrible and disgusting and hard. I think I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know, but, but it, because the smiles in the middle of the night when it's quiet mm. and the way they nuzzle into you, it just makes it all worth it. Everything oh. worthwhile. It's just beautiful. It's really good. Okay. And, you know, Constance, hello, you've got how many kids now? <laughs> Well, that's sort of what's getting me through it because I definitely didn't want any more kids. Like, I didn't want any more kids when I had the twins. I just keep getting pregnant and thinking, oh, well, bugger it. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll have a baby. But, <laughs> but how this, do you know when you're done? How do you know I, when I you're done? I definitely think, I, you know why I know I'm done this time? Because I'm spread too thinly for my other children. And it's yeah. my love for my other kids that's making me go, no, nah, that's ridiculous to go again. I wanted this kid, this baby, because it's like me and my new husband and beautiful glue that sticks us all together. And, you know, I just yeah. always wanted a baby with him because I love him so much. But, yeah, that's how I know I'm done. It's about the other kids, not about me. But um, I know what you mean. Like, the only thing that's getting me through, like, the idea of, oh, God, the newborn, the waking up, the tiredness, is those nuzzles that you just got to, you've really yeah. got to focus on the little breastfeeding chants and, you know, all those. The smell of their heads. Remember their little heads and the way it smells and it goes so fast. And the way they look at you. I know. Where it's just complete and utter love and trust and it's just gorgeous. I Mm. um um, as soon as I had Harry when I was being stitched up by my obstetrician, I must have been the gas talking because I was like, Oh, Dr. Chris, I am so coming back in a year's time. I will see you in a year. <laughs> First two weeks at home, I was a sobbing mess going to my husband, we should have just got a dog. This is awful. I can't stand it. <laughs> and now that he's going through a really cute stage again, I'm kind of at that point where I'm like, oh, yeah. and, and I, haven't, I haven't taken the obstetrics cover off my private health insurance yes, yet. that's so how you know. That's mm. a big sign. Totally. So I'm not quite ready to let that go. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you something? Did you just have the gas while you were giving birth? Well, I don't yeah. feel like that's enough. <laughs> well, I, actually, I, well, he gave me the gas back for the stitches because I had a, a, a nurse who took the gas off me um, to make me concentrate. Uh. I didn't realise that um, the baby was going to come so fast. Mm. So at five centimetres, they said, do you want an epidural? And I, I was like, oh, no, I was on the gas. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. 
And then two seconds later, I was like, oh, actually, no, I, I need to go. I'm like, sorry, you're eight centimetres. Mm. It's, it's too late. You've just got to oh go. And That's my biggest I fear. Thought, I thought at one point, so this is how I die. This is... With any luck, anyway. That same thing happened to me, Sarah. I actually had an hour and a half from the first oh. twinge until my second came out. And I actually think that's so scary because your body actually doesn't have time to adjust or comprehend what's going on and there's no you go from zero to a million and there's Mm. no there's no warm-up period it's scary it's terrifying someone someone described it to me as getting on a treadmill and putting it on to level 25 and sprinting straight away which is so true yeah and you know what was really funny as well? The stuff that you remember from your birth, it all happened so quickly and I didn't realise but I was really starting to push and the nurses would come in and come, they all came in and they said, you need to go <laughs> and do shallow breaths. And I'm like, like in the movies, and they're like, yes, you're breathing too deeply, which is pushing the baby out. You need to keep your breaths really shallow. Um, it was just, it was full on. My, my obstetrician, mm. he was so cool. He... Uh, waltzed in at the last minute, put on some gloves and basically caught the baby. <laughs> uh, he was so cool and calm and collected throughout the whole thing. But, look, I, you know, if I had my time over again, I definitely would have taken the drugs. Um, yeah. I, think I would never say no to drugs because you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. You know, it's just, you know, we've got nothing to prove. You're not a superhero. No. As long as that's the baby why I might go okay. cesarean. I'm thinking cesarean yeah. this time because I've got nothing to prove. You know, it's about like no. it's just about having like your bum and fanny feel okay afterwards, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's so true. Oh my god, it's so true. I, I, I don't even want to know what's going on down there at the moment. <laughs> don't look. Don't look. My my big vagina. <laughs> <laughs> your big famous vagina. <laughs> God. <laughs> and Sarah, with morning TV being such a competitive space, did you feel a certain pressure to go back after a certain time or was that your decision or the networks? How do you navigate that career well, look, baby I, stuff? Well, yeah, and look, I'd, I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't in the back of my mind, but um, at Channel 10 has been really great and they were more than willing to hold my job open for 12 months. Oh, wow, uh, that's great. Most of that leave would have been unpaid. Um, and I've got to pay the mortgage in Sydney. Yeah, uh, of course. We need, we need two people working. Um, it was a really hard decision. I actually um, have been saving up all of my holidays for the last two years. I haven't had a holiday, and I used that towards my mat leave, um, which was nice to have that time at home with my kids. But... Yeah, it's 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 tricky in TV too, and I must say, with two, I was kind of looking forward to getting back. Yes, <laughs> it's a break. Was, going to work is a break. It totally it's is hard work, honestly. And yeah. I think going from one to two was just such a shock. It is such, like my mother-in-law said to me. One child is a treat, two <laughs> ch- children is hard work. Yeah, and look, my mum said know, the same depending thing. What, an accessory, depending what sort of kid you get, depending what sort of kid you get, but. I, I just didn't cope very well um, for the first few weeks. It found an equilibrium sort of about after a couple of months and I felt like I was finally on top of things. But, you know, mums who do this day in, day out at home, they deserve a bloody medal. Yeah, mm. it Seriously. is. It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, well, we could absolutely chat to you all day, Sarah Harris. It's great to know that the glamorous, beautiful Sarah Harris on our TV screens is going through the same shit that we are. Absolutely. Not that, oh, not that I want yeah. you to be going through shit, but <laughs> it is, does feel good. <laughs> no, but also, it's, it's because girls like you talk about it and make it okay and, you know, to admit that you're not coping. And, you know, the question I often get asked is, you know, how competitive is it with other mums? I, I honestly have not found that. Um, you know, good. you get the odd comment, but usually it's from older women. Everyone, yeah, else yeah, yeah. Tr- everyone else is just in the trenches with you and they're just trying to do their best and, you know, they're happy to help the sister out wherever wherever they can. I think that's pretty cool. I do too and I think it's really um, poignant to say that's face-to-face. Online is a different story. That's why I'm such a big advocate for face-to-face socialising once you enter motherhood. You need to meet other women. You need to hang out with them, call them, just reach out because if you just spend all your time at home on the phone, you start thinking the world is full of assholes and all mums are bitches. Totally, totally. Sarah Harris, thank you so much for your time and for chatting with us. We have loved having you on the show. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks. Bye. Take care. This is the Queen Sesh. And tomorrow, Con, is a very exciting day for you because your second book, Still a Queen, is available to pre-purchase. Yeah, exactly. I've been writing this book over a year. It always makes me a bit nervous because my style of writing is I just sort of write and send it to my editor and I don't even remember half of the stuff that I've written. So when people go, oh, I read your book, I'm like, oh, did I say that? (laughs) Why no? I was going to say, we actually spoke about it a couple of weeks ago on the show and I was like, did you talk about me in your book? And you're like, no, I don't think so. You totally did. (laughs) And you even actually thanked me in the thank you. So I was like, oh, that's nice. I I don't think I would forget to thank you, even though you didn't contribute at all, but (laughs) still... <laughs> nice backtrack. Uh, but I actually, I don't think that you sold it well enough when we spoke about it, probably because you don't remember what's in it. But after having read it, I will say it's, it is very anecdotal. There's a lot of Constance Hall, like stuff that I didn't know about you. Yeah, right. And funny. I find it easier to write than to talk sometimes. Yeah. So that, there was a lot of secrets and sort of the ins and outs of some of the stuff that was going on for you last year, which I found really interesting and I know a lot of queens will find really interesting. Yeah, things that I shut down about. Yeah. yeah. So that was beautiful. But I think one of the main takeaways from the book is it's not just about me, me, me. It's actually, it's anecdotal, but it's a very much a book where you share your experiences, but also what you learnt. And then you also talk about problems, whether it's body image, relationships, love, children, and you've even got specialists coming in and, and sharing insights as well. So I feel like it's a, it's kind of like a, a queen Bible almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. I really didn't want it to be like this, you know, me, 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 because like I'm not like this amazingly big celebrity whose life is mysterious and you know how like you want to read a me, me, me book about like Madonna or someone because mm. you're intrigued. I'm not that person. So I wanted to make it like something that people got something out of, not just, you know, mm. a story. I, I definitely think that people are intrigued by you. I think that you don't probably see that, but I think they are. Oh, thanks. I don't think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, there was um, one of the things as well that I loved reading was your journey about meeting Denim and and how you fell for Denim. And as I was reading a particular chapter, (laughs) it was a little scene which got quite descriptive. In fact, I've read all three series of 
Fifty Shades of Grey. Have you? And I, <laughs> I must didn't know that about you. <laughs> that this scene was up there with Fifty Shades of Grey. Was it really? It was your first encounter with denim. It was graphic detail, and I'm not ashamed to say I got turned on. <laughs> You're so gross. <laughs> com. Make sure you get the book on pre-sale. It's available to buy tomorrow. This is The Queen Sesh. Annalise, earlier this week we read a story where a barber is now being sued because a woman brought her daughter in to the barber shop to get her hair cut and he refused to do it. Mm. So now, this is my area. So I know, I know all the ins and outs of this. Yeah. And there are so many different sides to it. First of all. If you don't cut women's hair, you don't cut women's hair. Mm. That's just the way it is in our, in that industry. I do think you should learn how to cut a young girl's hair because of the simple fact my boys have long hair. If I brought my boys in, would you then cut their hair? It is a bit of discrimination. Like it's a you know it's the same just round basic haircut. Mm. Like, so I imagine a, a kid's haircut. It's pretty basic, isn't it's it? It's very basic, and you're mm. not getting a style cut at a barber shop. They'll charge you a lot more, and you just wouldn't go there. So you're not going to be asking for layers and specific things. You're just going to get like the round trim. So <clears throat> he could have been in a really grumpy mood. Mm. I think that maybe the reason she's tagging it so far is because he was just grumpy and couldn't be bothered doing it. Yeah. Because another thing is though, you do need to sort of respect people's boundaries of what they can and can't do. And that was something that I learned as a hairdresser after doing it for like 15 years. I was like, what I can't do now, I'm never going to be, I can't cut African-American hair, African hair. I can't cut Afro, you know, I'm not good at it. We had specialists who could do cornrows and like the beautiful fades and, you know, like the high tops and everything, but I couldn't do that. So I would politely go, oh, you should wait for her. You'll get a better job. Yeah. You know, so there's... So what what they're alleging is it's a discrimination or sorry, a breach of the Sex Discrimination Act. That's what the suing case is around. Well, I don't think it's fair that this one guy in particular gets sued when everyone in the industry is doing it. Like if the industry needs an overhaul... That's a different story. There is a lot of things in the hairdressing industry that yeah. need to be over. You know, like a woman's short haircut is going to cost you $50, whereas a man's short haircut, my prices are outdated because I don't go to the hairdresser, but whereas a man's short haircut is going to cost you 20 So there's, you know, there's a lot of things that sort of need to be readdressed in the hairdressing industry, but it's not regulated in every state. No, I also feel like I've been to hairdressers with my kids and they've gone, oh, we don't do kids' haircuts. And I go... Oh, that's in my head. I go, that's annoying. But I'm hardly going to create a law case and spend my time and money suing someone over behavior. it. It's bizarre behaviour. It's 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 kind of. <sighs> is it American? No, Sydney. This happened in New South Wales. It's very American to just sue at the drop of a hat, isn't it? Yeah. Some guy it was. I just read in a story yesterday. Some guy's trying to sue his boss for farting on him. <laughs> <laughs> Trees that every time he came to the photocopy, he like farted at him. And then <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's actually more grounds for suing for that than not cutting a kid's hair. But that's just my two cents. I'm with you, babe. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. And Con, I think one of the funniest things about having kids is some of the words and mispronunciations that they come up with for actual words. Mm-hmm. So you're going to love this. The other day my three-year-old was asking to go somewhere for dinner and then I actually got him to say it and I, I wanted to play it for you. You're going to love it. Artie, where's your favourite place to get burgers? Oh, McDonald's. Where? McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. What is he saying? Well, it's McDonald's. <laughs> 
That's my eldest. No, it's McDonald's. He said he calls McDonald's Manic Donald's. I thought he was saying Mummy Donald's. I was no. like, you're going there too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, Manic Donald's. Manic. Well, we've put it out there on our Facebook pages because we want to know what other people's kids are saying that's embarrassing the sh- out of them. Yes, and it got one of the biggest responses we've probably ever had on the Queen Sesh Facebook page. Like thousands of people volunteering these ridiculous things that kids are saying. <laughs> and Lozzie from Victoria, on 131060, what does your kid say wrong? Uh, well, my daughter, she's three, and whenever she asks about doing exercise, she says, Mum, can we go do some sexercise, oh, please? Oh, no. <laughs> um, and the worst time it happened was when we are at the park, um, there's a little kind of exercise park next door, and, you know, I'm a single mum. I'm at the park with my kids, checking oh. out the other dads, and oh. she's like, Mum, can we go do some sexercise? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, honey. (laughs) Depends if the dads are involved. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Sarah Jane from Queensland on 131060, what does your kids say wrong? In Myers, they like to have their classy display. It happened to be grandfather clocks right next to the cafe. My almost two-month-old couldn't use the letter L. (laughs) So when you remove that from the, the... you know, the words obviously is yelling at the volume. <laughs> Got the attention of every person <gasps> in the store and the cafe. So, you know. I have had it that was, problem before with the old L not being able to be said. Oh, so many Children often miss that. that. It's yeah. humiliating. Yeah, I know. I had the big <laughs> problem once myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story. And Carly from Queensland on 131060, what does your kid say wrong? Um, she mispronounces the word truck ah, yes. um, with the F-bomb. Yes, it's a classic one. Yeah, so it was quite interesting being called into the director's office at daycare <gasps> to explain that one. Really? Gee, that's a yeah. bit overboard, isn't it? was yeah. a little, but she was French and had never heard of um, the word truck being mispronounced quite commonly by got, children. Yeah, I would have got my back up about that. Definitely I sent a heavily worded email. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Keep them coming on our socials on Facebook because you're allowed to swear on Facebook. And that's <laughs> <laughs> my girl. This is the Queen Sesh with Constance Hall and Annalise. Come on, girls. Still so much to get through on the sesh tonight, Con. But if you haven't heard us before, I'm joined by my best mate, Constance Hall. I'm Annalise Dent. Together we are the Queen Sesh. Although we do have an extra addition in this week, being your pug peaches. Peaches. So Poor peachy. You know she's she's up there in the. <laughs> she's the, got her own <laughs> microphone. She's <laughs> learning the tricks, of the trade. I'm going to put a photo on our Facebook page, the Queen Session now peaches. It's ridiculous <laughs> how this dog is just now your third wheel. Uh, but Con, we did hear some shocking news this week that really shook us. Oh, Chloe. Chloe Kardashian, Coco. How could this happen? She's such a legend. She's like mm. the one of the best Kardashians. She's my favourite, but she's pregnant. She's about to give birth any day and some CCTV footage of her husband with another woman has surfaced. Unbelievable. And um, just for the record, Scott Disick is my um, favourite Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, by far. <laughs> but next con, a groundbreaking study came out this week and something that we've always known all along, we could have told this this people that studied this, and that is that <laughs> women prefer their best friends over their husbands. Yeah. 
That is, thank God for marriage equality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I've actually, I've got a test for you, and I'm gonna test to make sure that you actually prefer me over your husband, Denzi. Okay, cool. So we're gonna yeah, find it's out. It's a the new result. marriage, so you might, you might not be, you know, mm, a I know. Winner. Okay. I'm, I'm hoping I, I hope I make the cut. This is the Queen Sesh. A study has shown that more than fifty percent of women prefer their best friend to their husband. Yes, Queen. Which percentage do you feel that you sit <clears> in? At this very moment in time? Oh, well, that's a tough one because I do love, love, love my husband. But at the same time, I see more of his bad moods than I see of yours. Mm. So if I could, like, choose who to spend a day with, it would probably be you. Yes, I feel the same. I feel like with your <laughs> is your husband in the studio <laughs> yeah, right he's now? Yeah, he's not this... even looking up from the paper. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I think it is as well, like with your husband, you go through the daily grind, the pickups, the drop-offs, the cooking, the fighting about who's changing the nappy. It's all the boring stuff. And do you know what, Anton, we used to live together. We used to fight. Did we? Sometimes, yeah. Not as much as probably marital fights, though. We had fights, though. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah okay. I remember, be- I remember thinking, far out, Annalise is such a drainer. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder why you're so sympathetic to my husband. I'm always, always. Some, of, some of the reasons from the study. So they can talk about everything. They listen more. Yep. Uh, they laugh until they cry together. People feel they can truly be more themselves. They find them less irritating. So that's obviously <laughs> very relatable. So relatable. But I put together a little quiz for you. And I want to find out truly right now, do our own study. Sure. Who is your favourite out Let's of do it. your husband and myself? All right. I'm ready. And I have to be honest because you're both with me. Exactly. Denzi, your husband is in the studio and I can yes. hear everything. All right. All right. Would you rather lie in bed watching YouTube videos with your husband, Denzi, or married at first sight with me? Oh. I'd have to say you. Yes. Because Denzi will watch something with me, but he will, he doesn't go intricately. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like then you would dissect everything with me. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Denim goes, yeah, you're right. He's a tool. And then he goes to sleep. Not as And I'm like, that's not enough. Okay. The most embarrassing thing that could possibly happen (laughs) occurs. Do you tell Husbo Denzi first or me? I tell you first. Yes. Okay. Would you rather go on a romantic date and have some quality time with Husbo Denzi or a chic maybe wine bar with little old me cocktails. I feel like this isn't fair because we live in different states so I'm always going to pick you mm. because I get to go on dates with Denim whenever I want. <laughs> so this is how, You've done this on purpose. I have. Of course I'd prefer to go on a cocktail wine <laughs> chic day with you. <laughs> All right, so it's three out of three team hands. All right, someone really drains you, like level 10. Who mm-hmm. do you tell first, Husbo Denzi or me? I definitely tell Denzi. Okay, all right. I'll take He's that. easy, he's right there. And then after I get nothing from him, I'll call <laughs> you and tell you. <laughs> all right, the funniest thing that's ever happened to you occurs. Do you tell Husbo Denzi first or me? You. Okay. So according to this very, very rigid and strategic survey, <laughs> you prefer me over your husband. <laughs> it's official. I, prefer, I should have married you. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. And a crime against humanity. Humani- mm. Humanity? Humanity. Humanity has been committed this week. Yes. Chloe Kardashian, a pregnant queen who we love, mm-hmm. has been cheated on allegedly. 
Yes. But we're not really sure because her sisters who were like her army unfollowed, then followed and no, no one's really, we don't know what's going on. Mm. So we're going to be exploring that a little bit later in the show and also chatting to one of our queens who this has happened to. But next con, we're going to be talking about changing your name after you get married. Totally. Great topic. And what name you give your kids? Yes, because you just got married and you're mm-hmm. about to have a child. So this is your conundrum that you're in right now. Exactly. This is the Queen Sesh. You know, since I got pregnant and I'm having another baby to name, I've been thinking about names and what name to give him last name. It's confusing because in a perfect world, you know, because I'm a feminist, I don't take on people's last names, which was a tough decision with this marriage because I am so in love and it would have been really nice to have all of us shared a name. So we sort of... Do you know what you could do? The Kim Kardashian. You could be Constance Hall Cook. I thought about that as well. Mm. Um, Denim thinks that my name is profound Mm. and he doesn't want me, didn't want me to change it. He thought about changing his, but because his children don't have a mother, they have me and him, we didn't want them to be the only ones, you know, Mm. with that name. So we sort of just decided, we've got so many last names in my family. (laughs) Yes, because you've got, you're you're a whore, your kids have another name and then you're your newest baby, which is in the oven. My stepdads are Robinson. My brothers yeah. are Robinsons. My <laughs> sister's changed her name because she got married and changed it. So it's just, there's just you know, we're never going to get that happy families of one last name. So it's mm. just a mixed match. But, um, yeah, and then I was thinking about the ba- the new baby mm. and, like, what do I give him? What about a little a, hyphen for the baby? I think I think they're going to go for the hyphen mm. um, with mine being the last name because my beautiful husband and I have decided that, you know, my dad only had daughters and we want to carry on his last name because it's such an awesome family, the Halls. So yeah. um, even though I think there are some boys that I don't even know if there are. So anyway, we're, yeah, we're carrying on the Hall last name and it will be Cook Hall, I'm pretty sure. Mm. But um. Yeah, then I started thinking about like the whole thing because, you know, if I then, if you then decided, which you're not because I know you took your husband's name, but if you decided to give your children a hyphened last name and your children and my children got married, where's the future in this? It's not Mm. sustainable. You can't have kids with eight names. Well, it sounds very royal, doesn't it? To have eight names. Mm, the royals have Like, so you're a Todd and you married, you turned into a Dent. So if your kid was Frederick Todd Dent, you know, my child was Cook Hall and then their children would be like Joan, Frederick, Joan, Cook, Dent, Hall, <laughs> Todd. The eight. It just, do you, <laughs> we need a new solution. I really want a solution. I want someone to say to me, this is, this is the way forward. Mm. Maybe we need a few hundred years of the woman's name being the one that's carried. I think so. so even the stakes, that could be the answer. Yeah, just flip it. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the matriarchy. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. Can we talk about the Kardashian saga? Oh, please. All I, I want to do, do is talk about the Kardashians on this show. Me too. Great. Um. So... What's his name even? I just, I only love the girls. I can't deal with the blokes. Oh, well, One of them's married to Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> but Chloe's husband, Tristan something. Well, yeah, they're not married. They're together. So, okay. Yeah. So Having a baby. Yes, any day And he now. decides to go into a hotel in the middle of the night with another woman. And it's all caught on camera. I know. He's not even that cute. And look, we still have to say allegedly, but I mean, okay. there's there's footage. I don't think Chloe is about to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> We're on at like midnight. But one of <laughs> one of the really telling signs, though, 
was the entire Kardashian clan unfollowed him on social including media. Including Scott Disick. Mm. Now, he's, he's a man favorite. of low morals. <laughs> he's your favourite Kardashian. Yeah. And I love it when people with no morals judge other people with no morals. It's just, for me, that's just the best, the best possible outcome. <laughs> but our heart totally bleeds for Coco Kardashian. Because yeah, imagine being about to give birth and this becomes worldwide news. But as we know, Con... This is not uncommon. Oh, well, I have a friend who's a psychologist and she told me that whatever men are like in a marriage, they become worse when a wife is pregnant. So if they've got a bit of, you know, serial cheaters, they cheat more. And it comes down to the fact that men are like animals and they can smell, (laughs) my husband's laughing at me, (laughs) and they can smell vulnerability. When I'm pregnant, my dog doesn't do what I say because he goes, what are you going to do about it? Look at you waddling around. Really? Um, Yeah. And so like if you're in a toxic relationship, when you become pregnant, it becomes more toxic because you become more vulnerable. Okay. Well, look, we had one of our queens message us on our Facebook page, The Queen Sesh, and she wanted to share her story anonymously. We had had a miscarriage. And we waited about, I think it was five months, got pregnant again. Um, He started acting really different, wasn't coming home from work when he usually did. Started talking about one of the girls at work. I started getting really suspicious about it. And I was about three months pregnant and I had a friend of his phone me and tell me that he was cheating. Spoke to him about it and he denied it. Still to this day, about four years later, he's still denying it. I left when I was about three and a half months pregnant and he denies our daughter, says that it's not his, doesn't want anything to do with her. So, yeah, it's been really difficult. Oh, my God. We're shaking our heads. Do you know the denial drives me insane? Because mm. you never get that validation, you never get that closure. It's just if you're when you're dealing with someone who just continuously denies their wrongs, you can't. You know, you're not dealing with anyone really. You're not. Mm. This isn't a dealing. It's not a rational, reasonable conversation. And it's. I'm so glad that you managed to walk away. But you're a poor little girl. I know. And so this is the scary stat con. So psychologist Robert Rodriguez, who wrote the book What's Your Pregnant Man Thinking, he said ten percent of fathers to be cheat on their partners during pregnancy. That is gross. Denim, pass me your phone. <laughs> Are you on? Bless him, he's passing it to me. So Con's husband is in the studio. She's very pregnant. She's just asked her husband. Okay, maybe we'll do that in the next break. We'll, we'll read out the messages from Denim. <laughs> we'll read out phone. Denim's inbox. <laughs> this is the Queen Sesh. We do like to finish the, the show on Queen Vice, which is advice for queens. Bye, queens. Uh, And this one is about, so you know those vids that are trending and it's harrowing, but it's people punishing their kids, filming it and then publishing it. Yeah, so somebody wanted my opinion, is that right? Yeah, so some of the, just in case anyone hasn't seen or heard of these videos, Mm -hmm. so there was a video with 45 million views, um, a father responds to his daughter's Facebook post by shooting her laptop as punishment. So the kind of silly, like not so gross things, but then one of them was a terrible video. It was a mum forcing her as a punishment for something he'd done, forcing her son to drink hot sauce for lying and then making him take an ice cold shower. So just it can, some of it's lighthearted, some of it's nasty and then 
you know, awful. So someone's written to us on our Facebook page, The Queen's Session, and said, I saw an article this week on the growing trend of child-shaming videos as disciplinary acts. What are your thoughts on sharing disciplinary moments on social media? I'm not into it, but I'm not really into discipline. So <laughs> the idea of taking pleasure in it, like I, it hurts me to hurt my children. And so, yeah, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm anti all of that. I think embarrassing your children, embarrassing anybody in public is not my gig. Mm. Um, I'm not here to tell people how to parent their kids, that's for sure, but it's definitely something I would never, ever, ever even come, come close to doing. I mean, there's trolling your kids, which is funny. Remember that guy who was like, copied all of his his daughter's Instagram photos yeah. and he was like pouting with like stupid headpieces on and stuff. <laughs> That's probably mean too, but at least it, like the funniness outweighed the meanness. Yeah, because I, I often think like sometimes, you know, like when my youngest is screaming and throwing his dinner on the ground and calling dinner the most stupid thing he's ever eaten, I'm like, oh, this would make such a funny Instagram story. Oh, I do that, like with the toddlers, because it's really no harm done, but mm. you're not punishing them. You're not making them cry. You've tried everything to make them stop crying, you're just going to have to get your phone out now because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Mm. So I don't think that I'm not sort of being judgy about that or anything. I just think the more the disciplining your kids in front of 45 million people, mm. they're good stats, don't get me wrong. Like I don't understand <laughs> why a, these people are doing it. That's them. a great reach, Beth. <laughs> that's a great reach. <laughs> but, yeah, shaming. I reckon shaming kids publicly is emotional abuse, in my opinion. I if you, you know, agree. it's... And that you know, stuff they, doesn't go anywhere. And it is scientifically proven that shame is the strongest felt emotion, stronger than fear, stronger than anger. I learned that from Monica Lewinsky's TED Talk. Look it up. It's what? really good. Well, I, I, I'm speechless because I'm really intrigued that you've learned something from Monica Lewinsky. That's pretty oh, cool. Yeah, I learned, you, you'll, if you actually like look her up and, and study her a little bit, you'll realise she's amazing. She's my idol. Monica Lewinsky. Watch out, is- Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting worse. (laughs) That's us for another week. Um, Thank you for listening. If you want more Queen advice from Constance Hall, just uh, get in touch with our Facebook page, search The Queen Sesh, and have a beautiful week. Thanks. Bye. This is The Queen Sesh.